episode of Air It Out, a show where we amplify the voices of student athletes in a male-centered and student-led space. This is where we can air out our thoughts and opinions on topics related to masculinity. Uh, we are your hosts. I'm Jerry Reeves. And I am Courtney Copeland. Now allow us to introduce you to the real stars of our show. We have Marcus Fuqua, Rich Miller, and Dante Haynes. So before we jump into the real conversation, um, I want to give a go around because this is something that I've always been interested in knowing. And I feel like it, I always enjoy hearing about how men feel about their appearance and presenting them their best self and what makes them feel handsome. So I want to know, y'all let me know. Okay. If, we're not going to say when, we're going to say if. <laughs> if your hairline ever goes, if it starts to recede, are you going to hold on to it like Stephen A. Smith and LeBron? Or are we going baldy and cutting it all off early? I'm gonna keep it till till I'm ready. You gonna hold on to the last? Yeah. Can I gotcha. accept it? How, <laughs> you and George Jefferson? How bad do I have to get? <laughs> yeah. How how, how, how long are we holding? It gotta that? be on top of like on top. Of my head. Like so, <laughs> sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Ooh. Give me some money and I'm keeping it. Meaning, LeBron take care of his somehow. I mean, he got some money. So you just give me some money, I'm keeping it, but. If not, they've been telling me like my dad my whole life, so I guess if I go bald, I'm gonna still be looking like him. I'm gonna keep it one way or another. I don't know how. I don't know how. We, listen, I'm not, I don't think the bald look is the look for me, so. We don't even, we don't even have facial hair, bro. I can't, can't. Yeah. yeah, if I got facial hair, yes. I might let it go. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping it, bro. I don't, whatever I gotta do, whatever hair transplant, whatever, I don't even know. All I know is that god forbid that word occur i gotta i gotta get hair on my head gotta get hair on my head if uncle dion can get the transplant i feel like i forgot about that anybody can do it yeah but his looks kind of weird though like, I don't, like his don't look like i don't know That's, yeah, his... so you're gonna get it you're just not gonna go to his doctor yeah i don't know he's not that I'll, I'll get like LeBron or something. I'll go back down to a taper, a nice little taper. I'll go low. If I have to get a transplant, I'm not about to grow this whole thing. Oh yeah. I'm just keep it. They low. do the weaves though. Mm. Now. Yeah, I'm not gonna get a weave. Um, <laughs> it's an option. It's, it's not a viable one. That <laughs> it sounds like you put a lot of thought into this question. <laughs> I don't, actually, I haven't. You take good care of the worst. Listen, I. I put my leave-in conditioner in, you know, I you know, I be moisturizing frequently. I gotta <laughs> ensure that this hair has longevity. So if um, that were to happen, I'd probably be devastated. So <laughs> you know. Let's just let's just hope that day doesn't happen. But if it does, yeah, transform. 100 percent So Jerry, you're not uh, escaping this question. We have you as well. <laughs> I I would have to let it go. Yo, you're grow grow the beard out. Let it go. But if it, if, 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 it was on, if it was on the top of my head, it has to go. Gotta go. I'm not sure about that. I ain't going too far. I don't want people who just, they can't look me in the eye, they just looking like this. <laughs> Every time they come around me, I'm like, you got something to say? Like, How did you get the transplant? You got transplant money. Okay, this went a lot of places I didn't expect it to, so (laughs) before we actually dive into the real serious conversation that we planned on having today, 
I do want to give the trigger warning. And so we never know exactly who is going to be watching. We just feel like it is important to us to let people know what's coming up so that they can choose, use their own discretion on how they engage with us. And so today's conversation may be talking about topics involving homophobia, masculinity, identity development. And so those things can possibly raise unprocessed emotions, feelings, thoughts, ideas in some people. And so we just want to give everyone, all of our viewers, a heads up that that may happen before we dive into it. So with that being said, let's air it out. So have you guys had any um, trainings or any like informational sessions that y'all can remember on um, like homophobia in sport or anything like that? I have not. I don't I think have, I have either. I have never in my life. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't think so. I think, I don't think I have. And I think it's cause uh, it wasn't, it hasn't ever really been a big thing. You know what I'm saying like it hasn't been publicly a big thing homophobia in sports. So. I don't know. I don't think so I when you say big thing, do you feel like it doesn't exist, homophobia in sport, or do you feel like there hasn't been a pressing issue on campus where they had to have that training? I'm pretty sure it exists. Like, I'm pretty sure we all heard of um, Michael Sam, mm -hmm. where he got drafted and how that transpired. But I don't think anything happened on campus or anything or within our program that made them give us a training for that. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so it is pretty, it is like a, um, a heavy issue within sport and they are, there are men and women that both experience it. So do you feel like a, an issue needs to happen or for, in order for them to give that type of training or do you feel like it's something that they should be proactive on and deliver ahead of time? Or like, what are your thoughts and ideas on that possibly being something that they educate you guys on? I feel like with anything, I feel like they educate us on what's popular I guess like we don't like it's not like he said it's not common we don't really see it so it's not something you really have to train us for or really train us for yeah I agree I don't really think we need training for it I mean like I don't know I mean like I can't speak for everyone but for me like you know I don't I don't really care <laughs> you're you know gay or anything so it's like I don't really need training on it because it's like it's not a concern of mine you know what I mean it's not like and like I haven't seen anything where it's like someone's treated negatively because of their you know sexual orientation. So it's like I don't I don't think training is really I don't know I can't speak for everywhere, but for here anyway I can't really I don't think there's it's just really that necessary. Mm -hmm. One one thing that's important to think about is not thinking like because now now I have to challenge you. So if you think that that training's not necessary, you got to think about. The, the day you encounter a situation where now you have to correct someone, will you have the will you have the right thing to say it to someone who you know? Say you're in a situation, somebody's getting bullied or whatever the case may be, and you witness it, and you're like, hey, like, let him do what he wants to do, let her do what she wants to do. But do you, would you have actual value to add to the conversation where they could someone could walk away and be like, okay, he wasn't just standing up against me defending this guy he actually had some valid points that you know like do you, do you think you have that information it's for everybody because I, mean, I mean yeah i mean like i don't know i don't i feel like i don't know i feel like the idea that though is it's it's really not that deep like i don't it's like someone else's thing like you just shouldn't worry about what someone else has got going on in general like like you can bring whatever you really want into it but i don't 
think your opinion really matters for someone else's life. You know what I mean? So I don't really think that for me, like if that were to happen, I definitely would 100% like have no issue stepping in. And like in regards to someone invoking hate speech, you know, I don't, I don't need, I personally don't really feel like I need to have this, you know, in, you know, oh, you know, this is why, like, you should know why not to mess with someone just based off their sexual orientation, if, like, for absolutely no reason. So it's like, I don't think there needs to be, like, like, no, it's just leave the person alone. Like, I don't, like, and if they're not, then, like, yeah, like, I might come at them in, like, a sort of way that is, like, yo, leave them, you know, the F alone or something <laughs> like that, because it's like, at the end of the day, my idea is this, like, it's none of my business what anyone else has got going on. That's none of my concern. But if I see someone actively, like, like for no reason, just, like, going after someone like that, I 100% will gladly step in and be like, yo, like, worry about yourself. For that, I mean, that's me. And I think, I think the main thing is you want, if you were to confront somebody, you want that to be productive. You know, you don't, you don't want it to be an argument back and forth. And just, just as... Like along with you, I I was raised in a way that it's not hate speech of any kind is not acceptable. A lot of people don't have a filter, and a lot of people are raised not to have a filter. Yeah. A lot of people grow up in a situation where it's like he's he's gay, that's wrong from from a young age. That's wrong. I don't ever want to see you being friends with that person. And then they grow up in this environment where now that they're grown, that's that's all they know. You know. So I think it's important that, you know, yeah, you want to defend, um, but you really you really want to be an ally because you don't know. And that, that person being in their shoes, like, you could think that it's not, it won't impact them as much because somebody says something, but you don't know what goes through their head, you know, on a daily basis. I guess that's where I'm coming from, you know? And I think to add on to that, um, especially with the conversation that we had around the violence prevention episode, like, they are aware that the majority of you guys are not out here raping anybody, beating anybody up unnecessarily, just wilding out. But they feel like it's important for you to have the information, the skills, so that if you do encounter that situation, you know how to combat it. Or if you do see somebody that might be suffering silently, you know how to assist. And so they are just putting those preventative things in place. And I feel like that is more common because I feel like it's almost acceptable for y'all to have violence prevention because, oh, y'all are athletes and y'all are tough. But at that same instance, they're not putting in the homophobia when that would also could be that preventative measure that could take place because it is very common for, there's almost this stereotypical um, ideas that, oh, there are female athletes that are going to be lesbian. That is acceptable. That's okay. We almost expect that but there is less of the expectation, less of the acceptance for male athletes who might be homosexual. And that, that like that is just unspoken. And oh, that's not a problem because, it, but we feel that way because we don't see it. And we don't see it because people don't come out because they don't have, they don't, they aren't shared that it's a, they're not shown that it's a safe space for them in order to do that. And so I guess that leads me into my next question. If you did have a teammate um, like so statistically speaking we like as large as our teams are here There may be some people on your team that are gay But if they were to come out would it be safe for them to do it not would it be okay? Not would you be cool with them like literally would it be safe for them to come out as gay on a team? I think it will be safe Because well, I know within our team it's it's like 
no one is really going to hate a person within our team because of what they do. You know, like, I mean, I, I mean, I can't speak for everyone. Like, I know it's a question to speak for everybody, but I just feel like no one on our team will literally show hate to another person for coming out good. And that's, I can leave it there. I feel like we got real close. So, like, if it was to happen right now, like, I don't feel like it would be, like, a bad situation for them. Mm -hmm. uh, well, um, we have multiple teammates of that orientation, and we've had teammates. So, yeah, they... I mean, everyone on the team loved them. I loved them. I mean, like, I believe that they felt like it was a safe place. I hope they did. I mean, like, no one would ever, like, you know, say, like, crazy, like, uncomfortable things. You know, like, um, I mean, I had one teammate, like, you know, yeah, like, we all loved him, you know. Um, and, I mean, we still do, like, you know what I mean? So I don't really, th I mean, I don't think it would... I don't think it hasn't been from what I've seen, and I don't think it will be an issue, you know, in the future. Mm -hmm. And so with that being said, do you feel like that would make, it sounds like everybody feels like, okay, we have a strong enough group dynamic on our team where that's just what, that's just what it is, and we just move forward. Would them being gay make them any less of a teammate? I don't think so at all, no. Not any less of a teammate, no. No. I mean, I mean, like a, oh, you I, mean I feel like um, it's going to be like a select few people who just like to start may look at them different, but, but that's because they're not used to it. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they disagree with it or nothing, but they're just not used to it. So I feel like it's going to be a few who just, they, they might have to excuse themselves a few times or something, or I don't know, they might just have to pay attention to what they do and say or something, but I think that's just because they're not used to it, not because they don't accept it. Mm -hmm. But they're still the same teammate, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I feel like, you know, I mean, in my personal experience, you know, with the teammates, like, you know, they were just as much teammates as anyone else. So, yeah, I don't feel like it would impact that at all. It doesn't change their performance in any way, so they're yeah. still the same teammate yeah, exactly. as they were beforehand. <laughs> and that's just, we want to make sure that we are promoting an environment that is safe for everybody. Exactly. And so I think that that leads us into welcoming our very first uh, guest for this episode. And so I would like to introduce our guest. He is Dr. Kevin Ahuna. He is the Director of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Department. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Ahuna. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Good. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks. <laughs> and so first, I just would like to allow you the opportunity to respond from any of the things that you've heard from our conversation so far. Great. Thank you. Good questions, right? <laughs> the hairline went hit a little too close, but <laughs> staying out of that conversation. Um, so yeah, I think one, one of the things you're talking about is masculinity as performative, right? Like how you look, how you present yourself. Um, we all perform masculinity every day. We perform lots of things every day, but masculinity is one of them, right? Mm -hmm. How you present yourself to the world as a man, as a boy, whatever. So I think it's related kind of to the questions that you're talking about when it comes to homophobia. Because I do think that historically, um, right, you have an, a vision of a real man, and a real man doesn't love men. A real man loves women, right? And so that's the root of a lot of this stuff. And I think, importantly, homophobia comes from from sexism, right? I mean, think about when you were, when you guys are boys, right? 
what if what what, what would you say if somebody said you threw like a girl, right? That's an insult, like yeah, sure. right? Yeah, that's true. Like, that's an insult. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> and Courtney, you should be insulted, right? Um, because that's what's part of it, right? Is that you don't want to give up, like being a real man who knows how to throw a ball or whatever it is. And so I, I think you have to think about that in terms of homophobia, because homophobia is in part fear of being considered girl-like. It's not just fear of gay people. It's fear of being seen, see, being seen as somebody uh, who doesn't fit the real masculine model, the real masculine role. So um, one little piece that I kind of picked up on, um, and I appreciate it, I, I believe you all, right, that if somebody came out to you, you'd be like, you're cool, you're a teammate. And I think that's one of the great things about athletics. Right? It's what you do on the field, on the court, on the track, mm -hmm. that matters, right? So if you're gonna help us, our team win, I don't care if you're gay or not, right? Um, but I think importantly, one thing I picked up on that, that I think it's important to think about is, I think it's being termed as whatever they do is cool with me, right? But it's not what they do, it's who they are, right? So when you think about, um, if you all are straight here, being straight isn't what you do, it's who you are, right? And so I think too often, somebody who has a sexual orientation that's that's different than the norm, it's, that's, that's the thing they do on the side. But really, it's, it's who they are. And so I think when we think about that, who we are, you know, we go through the world with privilege in some cases. You know, one of the things I like to talk to with students is that privilege is invisible to those who have it. You don't see it unless you don't have it, right? So we walk through the world thinking we're just living our lives. Um, think we're not privileged because maybe I had no money growing up, so you can't call me privileged, right? But I have the privilege of not being gay and being able to hold my wife's hand in public and not worrying about getting beat up, right? That's a privilege I don't think about, but if you're gay, you think about it because you don't have that privilege, right? And so I think when you all talk about creating the environment, uh, it's really important, I think, to, to remember that everything you say is being monitored by somebody who may or may not come out. Right? So a passing joke that you let slide, um, or even something as simple as, um, hey, you got a girlfriend, Dante? Okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's advertising. I'm not yeah, sure. he's saying that for the camera. He's smiling the camera and says, I do not. <laughs> well, here's the point, though, right? Okay, okay. Um, if you were gay and somebody asked you that, okay. then you have two choices. You could either say, no, I don't have a girlfriend, or, or you can lie and say yes or whatever, right? Uh, but you have to answer it as if you were straight. Right? If somebody said you're seeing anyone, you can say, yeah, and it's none of your business. You don't have to lie, you can be true to your teammate and go about your life. Does that make sense, right? So it's, it's being inclusive in how you talk to folks because folks who are, it, it is unsafe. I mean, I hate to say it, right? But it is unsafe because you all know folks who are not gonna react well, right? And that environment from day one on is not particularly safe for folks, right? So I think about uh, my high school experience and way back when I had more hair, you know, I played sports too, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember that environment. And the last thing I would do is come out in that environment, honestly. But I'm talking too much, so. Not at all. I think that's a great transition to our next question. Okay. And so what are some of the things that the university is doing here that um, to promote uh, diversity, inclusion, celebrate diversity, and improve inclusion and equity across the campus? Sure. Well, well every um, academic unit has a diversity officer now, and that's different, which I think is a great step, right? 
Um, and so they're looking at ways that each department can be better at that. Um, and then of course, like athletics, there's also diversity committees across units as well. And so I think that's awesome, right? Um, and then across that, you also have other committees looking at things like how safe it is for somebody who's LGBTQ to be on campus and looking at those issues, uh, transgender issues. And so campus is looking at that at a, at a sort of a big picture level. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully that helps. So what are some areas that um, maybe aren't so inclusive, maybe aren't so equitable, that um, especially in sport, that people might not always think about or doesn't always come to mind right away when we're, we're having these discussions? Sure. Um, well, aside from just uh, being sort of a safe place for somebody to come out, right? That's a kind of a well-known one is, is sexual orientation. I think one of the biggest overlooked areas of differences that we don't talk about is social class. Honestly, right? Because I think you know you're on the same field, you have the same practice equipment, whatever the case is. Um, you kind of assume you're at the same place. Right? People treat sport as the great equalizer. Exactly. Um, but I think of things like um, the sport of baseball. Right. The only way you're going to make it in the sport of baseball is if you're on a travel team. The only way you make a travel team <laughs> is if you have the money to be on a travel team. Right. And so that is a sport issue as well. But I also think just day to day with your teammates, you know, going out for a pizza might mean a whole lot different for you than it does to somebody else. And I know with Division One, you don't get a little mad money spread around, right? Because that, then you're on you know, suspension for a year, right? So- That does not happen here. Does not happen. <laughs> um, so things like social class, I think, are overlooked. You know, people just think, I I'm not rich, but compared to somebody else you are, right? And so the privilege of having at least that pizza money, I think it's overlooked um, on teams sometimes. And so what are some of the small, I call them small revolutionary acts that um, athletes can do and kind of in their everyday life to promote um, and celebrate diversity and sure. make it spaces more inclusive? Sometimes just showing up. I mean, athletes are really busy, right? Schedules and such. Um, but just showing up to events sometimes. Um, it, it, I think uh, it sends an example to teammates and also to the general student population. Right. Especially showing up for a population that you don't identify with. Because that's a huge statement right there. So I would say that. Um, little things is kind of what we did with Dante. Language, right? Use inclusive language. And I don't mean PC language, right? I'm not saying things perfectly. But honestly, if a word's offensive, don't use it. There are other words to use. Don't assume that you can use offensive language because you can assume something about people in the room. Because you can, right? Um, and so I would say just being aware of that, you know, and, and part of your conversation, you talked about what would happen if somebody, you know, if you saw something, you confront them, right? And there's easy ways to do that. Like just a passing comment, I would say, it takes some courage, but just say, what do you mean by that comment? I mean, not like, get up and, what do you mean? No, not that kind of way, but it looks like, Marcus, what do you mean by that comment? Oh, I, I didn't mean anything about it. Oh, okay, because it sounded like this and, you know, my uncle's gay or whatever the case is and so I just wondered if you really meant that etc cetera, et cetera. so just interrupting the narrative what would you say to someone that kind of says something like that like and they like say you know that's not something I support like how would you go about kind of like addressing that with them yeah I mean I think part of it is just legitimately asking them to clarify right I mean some of the stuff you know they know to mean to be hurtful but sometimes they don't right so it's just I'm curious, you know, what did you, what did you mean by that? And they like, what do you mean what I mean? Like, well, you just said this. I'm just kind of curious, like, 
you, what did you mean? You know, and they can say, oh, I don't mean anything. I just, that's just the language I use. And then you can say, okay, because I, you know, it hit me this way for this reason. And there may be teammates it would hit as well. But since they're not coming out to you, especially first year students, right? Mm -hmm. They're feeling their way out on the team. Um, just be aware that that might be something. So it doesn't have to be a fight. It's just an interruption, right? Um, and that person across from you might not walk away with it, anything, but the other teammates that hurt you, that could be huge, right? Because now you're setting up that environment where if somebody who's an upperclassman says something, right, and interrupts it. Sometimes that's all it takes. And it makes me think too, what, with the experience that you have in this field, what direction do you go in um, and that you seem most productive? When you, you know, you ask, what do you mean by that? And they say, I meant exactly what I said about X, Y, and Z. And yeah. like, and it's tough, especially if it's yeah. a friend, you know, yeah. if it's a friend or, you know, family member or somebody close, what, what have you seen sure. or what would you recommend, especially in today's world? Is the best way to approach it, obviously in love, you know, yeah. for that person as well, yeah. in their beliefs. Yeah, and my details are foggy because that's just the way I think, foggy. Um, <laughs> but I went to a really good speech, um, and it's a woman who talks about calling in instead of calling out. You all might have heard that stuff, right? So how do you invite the person in to at least get your perspective, right, without immediately jumping down their throat assuming the worst? In some cases, it is the worst, and this person said, then you can't spend your time worrying about that person because you're not gonna change your mind, right? It's the other folks that you can have conversations with. Call them in and say, hey, I'm not, not calling you out and then ending the relationship. I'm calling you in to let you know at least what I'm thinking and why, and then take it from there. That's good. And I think that that's real impactful too because there are the people whose mind you just aren't going to change. Right. And being able to accept that, move forward, and then also the, like you said, the environment that you're creating. So the, the person who might have heard that and then is like, see, I knew this wasn't a safe space. But then they see that, no, there are people who are willing to at least intervene, if not like shut things all the way down, if that's not possible with that person that you're engaging with. And so I think that that is very impactful and the way that you just put it kind of expanded my view on it. Because it's not always about changing this problematic thing, it's about creating a safe space for the person who that might indirectly be geared towards. Absolutely, and giving other people the permission to do the same thing, right? Give them the permission to interrupt that conversation or to walk away or whatever it is. Um, so I think that's important, especially in a team environment. Mm -hmm. And I think that that applies not just with issues of homophobia, but on all issues of diversity that need to be celebrated. Um, and I feel like a lot of a lot of things here recently have been about um, sexuality, either um, orientation or expression, and there's been a lot of focus on policy. Everything is about creating policy for everything to for things to be inclusive, and I feel like there is a broader way to celebrate our differences and celebrate our diversities. So, what are some ideas or things that you see um, that could happen to strengthen the relate or program? I don't want to say programming, but basically ideas that you have that could the ways that the sport athletic department could partner with diversity, equity, inclusion to make sport a safer place for everyone, so that we are sure. celebrating our our diversity. Yeah, again, I think um, student-athletes have a higher profile on the campus, right? So sometimes just showing up makes a huge difference. Being a part of committee is a lot of time, but to join committees would be helpful, right? And just how you go about 
your life on campus is huge, right? The language you use, the way you talk about other folks, um, that sets the tone, right? With each other, but also the environment. Um, so I think that's a simple way, right? And of course, there's all kinds of resources out there. Uh, between the Intercultural and Diversity Center where I work, um, other offices on campus, counseling services, all those kinds of things, um, they're all out there. But honestly, you just take, you just need an internet connection, right? <laughs> go, go Google a good TED Talk, learn something from it, have that conversation with somebody, right? Um, I think one of the best ways for any student to, to be helpful in this regard is to find a teammate or find somebody and actually have that real conversation with them, right? And one of the ways to do that is to ask them, like, what do you see around you that you think people have privileges that you don't have? I think you'd be surprised, right? Because you're like, oh, I didn't think of that as a privilege. It, it's a privilege, right? It's a privilege for many people, but not to the people who don't have it, right? Mm -hmm. And so you might have a great conversation. Like, maybe the privilege is gonna get going to get a slice of pizza and not worrying about it. Maybe it's, you know, not worrying at all about financials. Maybe it's not worrying about transportation, you know, because I don't have a car. But, but maybe. So I think there's little things. And any way that athletics wants to work uh, with my department, I'm happy to entertain those conversations. And so, like, one of the privileges that you mentioned, I think that we don't also often pay attention to, and I think it was a great example, was that of um, resources. Mm -hmm. And that isn't always spread out the most equitable way in sport as well. <laughs> so I'm glad that you brought up yeah. that example. Sure. You know, and it's also, it's just really not about wealth and money either. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's about who gets to walk through the world in a certain way and who doesn't, right? It's a privilege of being invisible in your classroom because you're the majority and not the only one in your class who looks like you, right? Um, people don't think of that as privilege, but it is, because then people aren't looking at you and saying, so what do you think, since you're the only black person in the classroom or the only Asian, right? Um, there's a privilege in, in sort of having that majority and, and being in the main part of um, the culture. So it's not just about wealth, right? There's an able-bodied privilege. Like, you all have it, and you know when you're injured, you don't, right? Um, but, you, you know, I, I shared this in another setting. I didn't realize my able-bodied privilege until I was on crutches mm -hmm. and then realized how terrible this campus is with handicapped accessible doors, mm -hmm. right? I just, I don't think of it as a privilege of walking until you can't walk, right? <laughs> and so, and the privilege also shifts, right? You have the privilege now of X, Y, or Z of your age, but you, and sometimes you don't, right? If you walk in as 20 year olds, whatever, in certain settings, they look at you like a kid, right? But 16 year olds are like, oh man, you know, 21 or whatever it is, you got your privilege, you know, all these things. And that shifts. So I think um, just being aware that um, that you have privileges and they're probably invisible to you, um, and then having those conversations with other people about, all right, so what's going on with you, right? So how do you experience this campus? How do you experience this team? How do you experience all these things? Um, and you'll be surprised, I think, what people might be able to share with you. And then you become an ally for that person, mm -hmm. for those issues. Like something popped in my head about our team, actually, um, like. So we get we get team lunches or whatever. They bring in a lunch, and everyone who's on scholarship can get the lunch. But those who aren't on scholarship gotta wait till the end to get the lunch. But I feel like if this this is a campus where all of these students are paying all this money, and I guess that's 
paying for our meals, why can't I pay for other people's meals? You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I feel like I never really looked at that as a privilege until I was in there getting my lunch one time and I saw one of my teammates like is waiting or whatever. So I'm like, like what you waiting on? Like, yep. why are you sitting there waiting? And I found out like, oh, they don't get the lunch. Like, like yeah. they just, they make them wait or they just, Oh, just come back later and get it. Now, I, I mean, life isn't fair, but I feel like that is really not fair. Like, that's they great, should get the same meal as me. So. That's a great example. I'll talk about another one that's gender-based privilege since we're talking about masculinity, right? So there's a great quote about thinking about two people studying at 1 a.m. in the library. One's a man, one's a woman, right? He's thinking about studying, and she's thinking about how she's getting that home safely from the library, right? And so part of her brain is, is on something other than studying and his brain is on study, right? He's not thinking about necessarily getting home from the library. He's just gonna walk home from the library. But safety is a thing that men don't think about as often, because statistically, they don't have to think about it as often, you know, as far as assaults, right? And so how equal is that education when um, she has to spend some of her time worried about that uh, when they're studying for the same thing at the same time in the same space? And so that's not something that he would think of as privilege. Um, but I think she sees it as privilege because um, she doesn't have it. And I think that a lot of people sometimes don't understand what that what that does to people, um, the the hypervigilance that it creates in in with issues of safety. And then also with your example, like what that mentally does to somebody as. I would like even say like I'm not a man, but as a man, like you are performing the same tasks as your teammates and expected to perform at the same level, but you literally have to sit and wait for everybody else to finish, like before you can uh, get up and, and even and eat a simple basic human necessity that we all need is to get up and get your food and eat. And so like what that like mentally does to people and, and if those things are happening over time that affects that, that it can start and how you start to internalize those own things. And so as a woman, if I'm concerned about my safety, after a while, internalizing that for so long and then feeling weaker, not asserting yourself, not expressing dominance. And so, and I, I, I wonder, because I, that's not my experience, if it is doing that the same thing, if it's having those same effects on, in your example, the player that can't get up and just do what everybody else is doing. And while I'm sure there's some policy, something that we don't know about why like that has to happen, but there has to be a better way for that to be carried out so that it's not becoming an issue that could be internalized by that player, by that person, by that human being, that, that, that that's their experience and it's their experience within the sport that they are here to perform for. If I could add, like, I think it's tough because honestly, I think my mind goes back and forth with, like, safety is one thing that's no one should feel, in my opinion, I know some, some people might, might not agree, I don't think anyone should feel unsafe. You know, in a public place, you know, you talk about getting home safely and things like that. When I think about your example, it just, I my mind struggles because I, I'm like, yes, everybody should eat. And at the same time, like you're performing all of these tasks, but say I'm talking to Rich and he's like, well, I, I grew up in a situation where I didn't know where my next meal was coming from. Mm -hmm. So I worked my butt off to get a scholarship so that now I can eat. So it's like, in my mind, there's so many factors that come into it. Whereas a situation like that might be the school itself providing the meals for everybody. Instead of making it a situation where it's like, if there's extra left, you can come back later, or this is just a scholarship. 
this is not because it's like just because you're on scholarship does not necessarily mean that I want to say it right that you're privileged like you're you yes it's a privilege to have a scholarship but you could have you could have came from a crazy situation where you know your scholarship was your ticket you know and maybe it was not somebody else and I know I'm talking about specific situations but I think we have to be careful because if if it, if we do make like a general like we start to kind of make blanket rules where we're including everybody in certain things. I'm trying to be careful because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming at anybody or anything like that. But I'm saying for a school, like in an example like that, it's like stuff like that's unacceptable in my eyes. It's like you should, you should all eat. You know, we all practiced, we all lifted. We should all eat, and it's not we should all eat or no one should eat. I'm just saying in general, how how do we, how can we go every day? Because I've had same experiences like that. How do we go every every day where? We're on the same team, but certain people have preference to treatment, or uh, you can't use the you can't use that uh, whatever is in the training room. You can't. That's for you know our starter. That that's you know he he needs he needs that before stuff like that. Where it's like you know it's challenging. I guess is my main point. Mm -hmm. And like with that example, if you food insecurity is a real thing. Yeah. And that's something that can happen to somebody whether they're on scholarship or not. And we don't know everyone's circumstances. And so you denying that person for only letting them have a scrap, you don't know if that if they still don't know where their next meal is coming from. And they still might be working their butt off, but that's just where they are. And so I, like you were saying, it should be policies so that things are in place so that everybody is protected across the board because we don't know what that is doing, what you're internally doing to somebody by saying, this is not for you, this is it's for these people over here. It reminds me of the movie Life when they had Negro pies and they had white <laughs> pies. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, nobody should have to experience that. And I can't imagine what that is like to be on a team full of other men and be told, not for you, for these men over here. But, Again, like I always say, this is just the beginning of these conversations because we want everybody to to ha continue to have these. For these to be larger conversations that go past just just this table, just here, and us having these. And so this is the start. And while we could talk to you all day, Dr. Aguna, we're gonna have to let you go, brother. <laughs> we appreciate everything that you added, but thank you. No, really, we I think that you really said a lot in a little bit of time, and I really appreciate you and your perspective and everything that you shared with us today. Thank you. And I appreciate being here so much. So all of that in. I enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> and so now we would like to introduce our next special guest for this episode of Air It Out. Student. Athlete. Director. Producer. Film extraordinaire. Please join us in welcoming <laughs> Jake. Yep. You're awesome. Thanks for the applause, guys. Yeah, yeah, insert, insert applause. Yeah, 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 insert applause. So, calm down. Thank you. All right. Thank you for joining us as a part of our final um, episode. And we really wanted to have a conversation just surrounding masculinity in general, like, and really dig deep on the elements of it. And so we just were talking a little bit before about homophobia and, the, and what that is in sport and different things like that. And so I wanna know like, cause oftentimes um, it's, that is viewed as a weakness. So like what is weakness and what is strength to you guys? Um, I know, heavy, right? I would say uh, strength is something you have that everyone else doesn't. And what which kind of helps you, like let's say, you know, 
like literal, like I mean for football, like having more strength, like you just run someone over, you know what I mean? But then a weakness is literally having something that that is you, but you know, that kind of like doesn't help you on the field. You know what I mean? Like being literally weaker. Like that's you, you know what I mean? Like everyone's, you know, some, some people are stronger or weaker, but having a weakness is something in your life that, you know, going up against someone else can be seen as like not like helpful, I guess, I don't know. So we're we talking about in general terms, like just what's strengths and weaknesses? Yeah, cause I feel like we, players are especially are often told, don't be weak. You gotta be strong. But no one really says like what that is, what that means, so, or, go ahead. So, I mean, I guess in general terms, I guess I would say, Strength is just something that you're good at and you can excel at like, over and over again. And weaknesses are is something you can't necessarily do well. Like, you can't do that thing well, and you just got to keep working towards doing better at that. Good question for you. How much could you bench when you got here? One time? One time. Um, probably like... Let's go even further back. When you started working out, how much do you think you could bench? Oh, when I first started working out. Oh no, nah. it was probably like sixty-five pounds or something. Sixty-five like that. pounds. How much do you think you bench now? Uh, about three seventy something. Wait, how much did you bench when you first got to college? When I first got to college, it was probably like three twenty something. What I'm trying to say here is that we're looking at this in black and white terms, right? Straight strength and weaknesses. I think that today society paints a picture of. People are, I think people are lazy when they think. They want to think right and wrong so quickly. You know, heads, tails, right, left, black, white. You know, they want to think on those simple, Republican, Democrat, those really simple one, two answers, right? So if we're looking at something like strength and weaknesses, right, it, it's, it's a kind of a microcosm of a bigger problem. You know, I think that when we're, when we're talking about something as simple as like strength, let's just say physical strength, right, that began as a weakness. See what I'm saying, yeah. right? And you can have different strength with that strength. For example, I can bench a lot, right? But my incline isn't that good. The same muscles, kind of, you know? But they're different, you know, see what I'm saying, mm -hmm. right? And so I think that if we're talking from a physical standpoint, and you can, you can also, you know, make the argument for, you know, metaphorically and also in, in society, you're, when, you, when you're talking about strength, you're talking about a person's specific journey to that skill that they're good at. You know what I'm saying? Or or thing that they're good at. For some person, some people's strength might be, you know, a single mother raising six kids. You know, Dom's not here, but like, you know, she, that that dude's mom is a superhero. I don't care what you have to say, right? You know, whereas someone like, you know, like like Rich, you know, coming coming in to barely barely pressing, you know, like what'd you say it was like three twenty, right? Yeah, yeah. And now you're you know, almost adding sixty pounds to your max, you know, is ridiculous, you know. So I think if we're trying to define what strength and weaknesses are, you need to figure out what that individual's journey is to, to finding those strengths or weaknesses, right? A lot of people, for example, like like their weaknesses may be considered strengths by somebody, you know. So if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna like you know um, get really like the nitty gritty of it, you know, um, I'm a loud talker, right? One person might be like, oh, that's a good thing, right? But because I talk loud, I might say the wrong thing too loud, right? There, then it becomes a weakness. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think that it's all speculative in how you look at that kind of stuff. I agree with that. I would I say, like, that. I think the biggest thing is kind of like what you're getting at is I think strength and weaknesses is all situational. 
like every single situation has different strengths and weaknesses. So like, you know, I feel like a lot of people think like, like, like you said, pretty much black and white, like being strong is a strength. Like, but is it though in some situations? Because some situations it's not. Like you don't need you to can't keep go to the store and buy normal clothes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> See, like that's a weakness. And then like, what if you're like, for like a distance runner, you know, being strong and big, that is not a strength at all. Like that is a huge weakness. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I think the biggest thing to like really emphasize is that everything is really situational, especially with strength and weaknesses. Cause it's like, you know, and I feel like in society, it has been kind of the idea of like, you know, the big, strong, you know, you know, athletic person that that's like, those people are strong, you know? And then like the, you know, the kid that's sitting in, you know, the, the computer lab all day, you know, with his glasses on, like, you know, never like leaving his chair is considered weak. But that guy, Probably, you know, he likely goes into a stem field where he starts off with a salary of, you know, 80 plus K a year. Now, the other guy is stuck in his high school dream where he thinks he's going to the league. And then he works at his local cars salesmanship or something like that. And then he makes like maybe 35 K a year and then maybe 50 with commission. But it's like, you know. We're assuming he's a trash salesman. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying, like, I feel like a lot of times early on, you know, the things that are looked at strengths. And then their weaknesses, I feel like when it all like boils down, a lot of the, like I said, it's really situational because a lot of the things you can see as weak can really be a great strength that puts someone in a great position for the rest of their life. It's funny you say that too, because what you kind of subconsciously were doing just now is, is applying like strength and weakness to power and status mm -hmm. and, and success and personality, you know? So like um, to take something so black and white like strength and weakness, right? And interject that into society, you can you can then begin to dissect pretty much like everything. It's Darwinism, you know. Like yeah. it's 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 you know it's you know like the strong strongest bloodline survive. You know, like that's that's how it is. And so um, I think it's interesting that you you know subconsciously we think strength. We think like you know uh, I look at somebody like I feel like if Oprah Winfrey were to just ask for something, hundreds of people would die to try to get her like if it's coffee. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's like it's crazy how much power someone can have. But like, be weak, you know. I mean, yeah. she's not like you know, like a Brian Shaw or half Thor, like the mountain from Game of Thrones. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but she has more power than he does. So that's kind of a cool little dynamic that that's, mm -hmm. I think is kind of interesting. So if we could bring this full circle into manhood and masculinity, it makes me think of and I'm open-ended like statement: is being sensitive as a man strength or weakness if, if we bring this whole strength weakness question into manhood because in my mind in one way being sensitive allows you to see some things that maybe other people don't see you maybe you have i don't know may, maybe you just and maybe sensitivity is not the word that i want to use maybe it's like awareness like i'm i'm talking about more of you're not too cool for school in a situation where you see something wrong is going on. Like sensitivity to me is that you can confront wrong when you see it. Not being sensitive in, in my mind, yeah. as a black male and everything, it's like, I know that's wrong, but you got it or I'm, I'm straight. Like that, that kind of thing. On that note, um, I think it's really like a slippery slope because I feel like so you have people that grow up in a very like closed environment, right? So like, you know, they don't really have a lot of trials and tribulations. 
So like if something minor, you know, for like, let's say in my mind, it's something minor, right? You know, they're, you know, they're going, oh my gosh, you know, this is crazy, you know, having a crisis or something like that. But like, you know, for me, I've had, you know, a lot of, you know, different types of experiences where it's kind of deeper than that. So for me, like, that's not really gonna resonate well with me when like, you know, you're like, oh, you know, oh, this is suck. Cause I, in my mind, like, yeah, like I can show you sympathy, but I can't show you empathy. Cause I'm gonna just be honest, I've probably had it way worse than that at some points in my life. So it's just like, it's not that bad. You know what I mean? And that's just kind of like, and I feel like that situation is gonna be unique with everyone. Cause it's like the experiences that you had, like, you know, if you've grown up in a life where, you know, you don't really have a lot going on, like in the negative situation, right? You know, a, a simple thing, like I said, is gonna feel like a big deal. But for someone like, I would say, you know, I'm just gonna speak on my personal, I've had some things occur. So it's like, I'm looking at that, I'm like, bro, that's nothing. That's, you You don't even know the half of it. You know what I mean? Like you're sitting here, like you're, you know, you're coming to me and I'm trying to be sympathetic, right? But like, like I said, that's where the line is drawn because I can't be, you know, empathetic. I can't feel for you because I'm sorry. I just don't, I just don't feel like that. That's that is that big of a deal. You know, whatever they do have going on, and I feel like that's always going to be hard though because it's like for them it is going to be a big deal. You know what I mean? And it's like I again, I just in in but then in the inverse, like you come at them, you're like, you know, I had this happen. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm about to be homeless or something right now. Like they can be sympathetic with you. And, but like, if you have your friend that hasn't really gone through much, it's going to be hard for them to be empathetic too, because bro, they have no idea how to deal with not having to worry about where they're going to live next month. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like it's just overall, it's very hard just in general to have like sympathy and empathy. And that's for everyone. Cause it's just like, it's hard for you if you've never experienced it in both ways, you know, you've had a very, you know, closed life or you've had like a very like stressful one. And no, I want to yeah. just interject real quick because I want everybody to understand the difference between those two things. Sympathy is, I feel bad for you. I'm sorry that this is happening to you. Empathy is, I am putting myself in your shoes. It's and I am, am experiencing this alongside with you. And so that can be difficult for people if they, especially if they don't have feelings involved with that person. So it is very hard um, for individuals to be able to say, you know what, I can't imagine what that would be like mm -hmm. and then have that conversation with you like okay so what what is that like for you mm -hmm. it is very difficult for people to be able to do that mm -hmm. yeah i think and the, you know this is going to be kind of a radical thought here but i'm just i, I, I believe it you know i think when, we, when you look at society right like you know i'm, I'm a white dude. i'm the only white guy at this table you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. right i i can't begin to understand what you guys go through right but i know enough I know enough to, to understand like that I don't know, but I'm gonna do everything, I'm gonna fight like hell to, to do my part and you know, make sure that you know we get to a better place in society, right? And to build off your point, right? I, I think that society as a whole, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna actually stay away from that. I think that there are people out there, more than you think, right? That are just lazy, right? They don't want to be empathetic. They don't want to put themselves in their, shoe because, their shoes because to them, it's like, why would I care? You know, and then that laziness, that 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 those thoughts of like, you know, well, that doesn't happen to me. You know, of course, you know, of course, I'm not racist, but you know, like, I, I'm not gonna. It's not my kids that are getting killed. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, how how am I supposed to? You know what I'm saying? I think that that's the problem is that you have people sitting around being lazy and not trying to feel for other people, not trying to put yourself in their shoes, what they went through. Right? I I, I 
I can try, you know, I can try to get, understand, but I won't, I'll never, I'll never be able to. And you, right? you hit the nail on the head because it's like, sadly, there is a there is a laziness when it comes to feeling for other people, and I think, like, at some point, you 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 can be lazy, do your thing, but at some point, your day will come where you need somebody to understand you as well. Right. And I'm not talking to you. I'm talking yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, look at, I know. I look yes, at sir. you. Yes. But I'm just saying, like, you specifically. Yeah. Right. But it's like be ready. the benefit. Like some people, people don't understand. It, it just kind of clicked because it's like. You being sympathetic and empathetic, that's not thats not just for today. It's not just for me to feel Rich's pain today. It's so that maybe one day, maybe I do experience something that's equivalent to what Rich is going through that I, I don't understand right now, yeah. but I need to understand it. Maybe I am hit in a way that he was hit and now I can better manage myself in that situation. Like you can't think of it as black kid got shot on the street, I'm white, like that's tough. You don't know when your day will come where now it's someone close to you, same thing happens and you're now now you're just all yeah. now you're yeah. feeling what they felt. Learn to learn to you know how they say learn from others' mistakes, you know. It's good to have a mentor because they can tell you what not to do so you don't waste your time. The same principle applies to this this exact conversation. You know? Yeah, it can't be convenient. You know, it, exactly. you, you can't be like, oh, like, oh, now is the time to care. Like, no, no, exactly. you got it. Yeah. That's the thing is that it can't be convenient. I think yes, there are a lot of people who are just lazy, and it don't it don't involve me, so it don't involve me. But I feel like there are also people who don't have the capacity. They don't have the emotional intelligence. They don't have the strength that we've been talking about to even be able to put themselves like they can't handle all of the things that somebody else might have been going through because they haven't had the practice of having to to expound upon right. and pull on those um that emotional strength that emotional intelligence that it requires to be able to process these things and like then continue to live throughout their day there are some people who would literally be be unable to function if they had to carry the stress or the experiences or any of that of somebody else. And I feel like that exists, but I feel like when people do become vulnerable and they try to share what their experiences, experience is, they are sometimes met with either that laziness or that um, incapability to be empathetic. And then that causes people to shut down. And so then, oh, I tried that. It wasn't safe. I'm not opening it up no more because one, like you don't understand what I'm saying. Or in, in like in your example, like you can't fathom that idea or like somebody else is, or that's just coming and just shutting them down. Like, well, don't got nothing to get over it, like type thing. And, or, or this is your fault and gaslight them to where they are uncomfortable with then trying it again and doing that to somebody who can say, I can't imagine that experience what that must be like for you. Like, is there any way that I can help? Can we problem solve? Like, and, or just physically be there with them while they're experiencing and processing. And then some people, because they're not met with that healthy response of just being with them and letting that person navigate, help them navigate right. through it together, it causes people to shut down. Yeah, I think, and I think it's a two-way street too. I think that if you're if you're someone that's experienced something traumatic, right? It's first, first, it's your job to not be like, you know, I am immediately tougher than you guys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I've experienced more, so therefore I am I am stronger, you know? Um, and like that being said, like you have to understand, like, you know, what I mean by two-way street is it's it's your job to listen to that person. 
that's gone through that stuff. It's your job to at least give them, give he or she or whoever was was um, was experiencing some sort of traumatic experience in, in any facet of their life, even if it's like their dog dying or something, right? Mm-hmm. It's your job as a friend, as a human being, to listen and to 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 at least understand that it's tough for them. That it's that that what, what you're talking to them right now is a miracle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's crazy. You know, and I I think that. Like, you know, people just people just are afraid of what they don't understand. And I think that, you know, that's 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 the problem. That's just the problem. I would say on one note though, like you know how you're saying like the two way street important to listen. I think it's also important to have like, you know, um, once in a while, I'm not saying like every time, but like once in a while to have kind of like the understanding of like if you are like have someone with a relationship like that and you know the things that they went through. Maybe they're not the person, you know, that you go to if you have something that's like, you know, you might think it's like that bad, but it's really not that bad. Because I feel like, you know, um, just firsthand, like that happens to me a couple times. And it's like, here's the one where it's just like, listen, like, you know, I do, I do feel bad, but it's like, I got all this shit going on. You know what I mean? Like, I got all this stuff going on and you're coming at me with like this, you know what I mean? And it's like. I think that's definitely something to say because like there are, I know, I mean, I know personally, there's a lot of people that have a lot on their plate, you know what I mean? And like, they definitely want to be that person to be the friend and person they can go to, even though the person they might be talking to is going through something like comparatively, like not as, you know, quote unquote severe. But I mean, eventually you're going to get to a point where it's just like, it's just like, it's too much. Cause it's like that person is still has all the stuff that they got going on on their plate, right there. They got 10 things going on. And you're coming about like this one thing that like I get it to you and I do understand to you, like I said, do your situation. That is a big thing. Right. But like you got I think it's very important to also have people understand that like that person also has 10 things going on at once right now. Maybe it's not the best to reach out to him and be like, you know, oh, you know, this happened or something like that, because it's like, bro, like he's, you know, he or she is like, you know, they're they have a lot of things going on right now. So it's like. It's gonna be hard, like regardless, like regardless of how much they want to feel sympathy for you, it's gonna be damn near impossible for them to show empathy because it's like, bro, like they're like I said, they're worried about where they're living next month. They they worried about you know in six months they gonna have a car, they gonna you know what I mean, like where they gonna be at, you know what I mean. So it's just like, and you're coming at them with like, oh, you know, I got a 75 on my math test. It's like, bro, that's when if if like say say that was the issue. You talk about having some type of grade or something like that. That's when I'm gonna connect you with a tutor. I don't need to hear. I didn't. I don't need to hear about your test. You know, like you have to have resource. That's why we talk about resources on campus and stuff like that. Because a lot of burdens that like you think you have to carry, you you don't have to carry. A lot of other people's burdens. There are a lot of resources out there to point people in that direction that you can get that pressure off of yourself when you feel like because it, it is tough like when when you're dealing with enough and then next thing you know somebody's coming at you with a, one of their problems and they they need help you got to know when it's time to carry somebody's burden mm-hmm. when it's time to pass somebody's burden to somebody else like you have to know those kind of things for yourself and i think um like specifically talking like on this podcast is that's part of it like we yes we're having a conversation but we're at all, also informing people about resources for specific subjects so that I might not be the person to talk to about diversity, equity, inclusion, but I can connect you with Dr. Ahuna and he'll get you right. You know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's the answer, you know? 
And at the end of the day, it's not the struggle Olympics. It's not about, we don't want to, I have it to wear, so we don't know mm -hmm. one wants to own that. And so it is also just good practice for, you know what I mean? If you are chopping it up with your friends, being like, yo, I cannot tell you about this situation. Like, it, it's okay to normalize having those conversations and seeing if that person is available to be there for you the way that you feel like you need it in that specific moment. And being honest, if you don't, because a lot of times we like, yeah, what's going on? Like, I feel like I have to be a good friend and I have to show up for you. But sometimes I just don't got it to give and being okay to say that because that goes with both sides too. <laughs> with, with all that being said, and we talked about, I, I think the strength weakness was perfect segue to, to this question. Is manhood a destination or is it, you know, a state of being? Like, is there, when you look at manhood, is there, is it a journey? Not that you ever arrive at manhood, the, the perfect man, the perfect whatever, but is it something that, you know, you work toward every day to become, you know, a man in the, all aspects, or is it something that, you know, I, I identify as man, so therefore I possess manhood. You know, I'm gonna jump on this real quick because I think I think I got a good answer. <laughs> I think I, got, I do. I think I'm I got a good answer. Um, I think that manhood or or you know womanhood or whatever. There's a the day I think that comes in everybody's life where you kind of make the decision to start asking, who am I? What am I? What am I doing? What do I want to do? You know, I think that as soon as you figure out who Jake Fizek is, right? You know, who you are as a person, that is that that you know. Once you can become yourself, right? Which is kind of weird to say, you know. <laughs> once you uh, once once society and once you feel like you have the permission to be who you are, that is that is the pinnacle of your existence. That is at that point you have become you know, who you are in the society and you will do what you can do for that society. So I think that manhood is kind of the, you know, and, and the sad part is not a lot of people get there, right? Not a lot of people, you know, grasp that mental of truly doing what they love and, and, and finding who they are as a person. It's hard, you know? Um, but I think that that, that, is a, that, is a, that is a mountaintop that once you get to, that's, you know, there's no sweeter sensation. So he, he kind of took, some of the words right out of my mouth, like, my, what I was gonna say is like, it's, it's just like a decision within yourself based on the experiences that you have already seen, that you already went through, and it's like, like you say, you, you find yourself, you decide who you wanna be, and whenever you find who, are you, who you're gonna be, you go from there. That's, that's just, when, that's just when, you, when you know you got it, and you work towards what you, but you want to be for yourself, not for others. Really. So I guess my question is, before I go, like, so you guys define manhood as like a certain point where like you become yourself. Is that how you see manhood? Nah, I don't mean like a certain point where you become yourself, but it's like, it's, it's like, it's in, it's like in you. It's just, I guess you just, you decide who you, like, you know, you know, you decide who you are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I kind of, I mean, personally, I kind of see manhood the idea of manhood like as kind of maturity like personally and i feel like when like, basing it off of the idea of like maturity i feel like manhood can occur like pretty much at any time and i mean like 
I feel like, you know, because I know people that have had to be adults since they were, like, you know, young. You know what I mean? Like, they really had to take care of themselves and things like that. So, like, for me, like, I don't think it, yeah, like, I know for some people they think it's, like, oh, an age or something like that. You know what I mean? For me, I think, like, you can be, you know, honestly, you can be, like, 12, 13 and, like, be a man in my eyes. Because it's, like, it really, for me, it's really just, like, I think, like I said, it's, again, it's another thing where it's, like, a slippery slope. It's all situational. You know what I mean? It's, like... Because I've known people personally that, like, have had to grow up, like, pretty much, like, by themselves, like, from, you know, from a certain point, like, very early on. And, like, to me, like I said, that's, like, in my mind, like, that's when they've reached manhood. They've reached the moment where they were, like, okay, I got to do this, you know, to make sure that I put myself in, like, the good situation and things like that. So I'm not sure. I guess it is kind of an awakening. And, but I kind of see it more on, like, a level of, like, maturity. And I do agree also some people never reach it. Some people never reach that. I, I see it as maturity. I feel like some people never reach that level of maturity. Or they, you know, yeah, they just never reach it. But I feel like it can honestly happen at, like, any point in your life where it's like you kind of say, like, I got I to gotta step up and take care of me. You know what I mean? And, yeah, like I said, though, I mean, I feel like some people almost never reach that. That's why I added the experiences part. Just like you said, uh, you could be a man at 12 or 13. Like, my dad always tell me how... My great-grandfather had to become a man when he was 12 or whatever, and he had to go to the war or whatever back then. And it's just the experiences you have that creates that manhood within yourself. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with all of y'all, but I feel like like that's it's still a journey. Like you, it's a journey to get to that point. Even after you're not you're not perfect at that point. So well, you definitely gotta fail. Yeah, before you, yeah, you gotta fail yeah, yeah, several yeah. times. Yeah. And once you get to that awakening point, y'all said. I feel like even after that, it's still a journey to chase perfection, even though you may never, never reach it. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up failing because I think just in general, a lot of people can think that, you know, manhood means that I've arrived at a place where mistakes are unacceptable. Mm -hmm. I gotta, you know, I gotta be the man. I gotta do Get this X, Y, and out. Z that you got it all figured out where the reality is manhood, like, that's that's being comfortable missing the mark sometimes but admitting hey i missed the mark this time man I, I failed you this time that like in my mind when you talk about maturity yeah like 12 12 13 you can have you can be in some situations where you you have to be the man but at the same time i think just also realizing when, when you fall short it's part of being a man as well because mm -hmm. we're all we, we've all been on sports teams or on currently on a sports team the you you don't look up to the guy that drops a pass and says it's a night game the light the light was in my eyes i, I dropped the touchdown but that light he threw it right in the light mm -hmm. we don't that's not the guy we say you know what he's right it was in the light the guy we look up to is guys that's on me i dropped that pass it, it was it was on me I don't want to hear about your gloves are wet. I don't want to hear any. I don't want to hear about any of that. The the real man, in, in my opinion, um, is that one that that can admit to failures. To your point. Yeah, I, I do think just you know I mean, you can you can always like add like you know a man should also do this. You know, of course, and do that. And so, but I, I think the you know like I, if you're a man of your word, right? If you say something, you do it. I think that's kind of like 
uh, should be a given when you when someone talks about like maturity. Like you can you can find you can be yourself, right? You can be like a jokester or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But if you tell somebody you do something, you don't you don't do it, right? And or you 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 like fumble it, and it's like you know it's not done the way it should be done. Like that, you know, like that's not just manhood. That's just being a good person, you know. And I think that if you if you are are someone that sticks to their word, you know, and vocalizes it and follows through, I think that you know like. You're, at that point, you're taking the right step to figure some stuff out. You you brought up the point of um, being a man of your word. So we're on the same track team. Okay. You want you want to run a few extra sprints after practice. Okay. I tell you, um, going home. I, yeah, I'm I'm not running sprint. I'm not running sprints with you okay. under any circumstance. You want you want me to get better as a teammate, but I'm not committed to getting better in simple terms. Does that apply to, can you respect me as your teammate? Can you respect me as being a man of my word because I said like, I'm not getting extra work in with you? Or does that do you, does that say to you, this dude's not like. Um, all right, I mean, easily, like I still respect them. I don't know what they okay. got going on. I mean, personally, that's my take on it. It's yeah, like, there's a question. You know, I don't know what they got going on with their situation. Maybe they got to go you know, take care of some business or things like that. Maybe they're sore or something. So, so you honestly, give people the benefit of the doubt regardless? Bro, nine times out of 10, I get people the benefit of the doubt. Because okay. at the end of the day, like, I think the problem is like, yeah, you think of it simply in simple terms of like, okay, so what, well, you're just gonna run some extra laps. But maybe during practice, you know, you, you know, you're not, you are grinding to just hit the times. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe you got, maybe at home, you know, you're not eating that well and maybe you're not in the best state of mind. So maybe, it was just enough for you to even hit the times for practice. So I'm not gonna look at someone, cause I don't know what you got going on. Maybe you got, you know, you could have a million things going on. So like, I'm not gonna look at you, you know, in a negative light because you know, you're just like, oh, you know, I'm not really feeling it. I'm just trying to go home. Cause like I said, at the end of the day, the biggest thing I stand by in life is like, you know, you know, your situation is not mine. Like, you know, whatever your life is going on, like that is nothing for mine to worry about. So for me, it's just kind of like, okay. you know, Bro, people people got their own things going on. Now I got a question for you. So Okay. What if what if you know that teammate could get better and they're going home to do nothing, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't have anything. Like what if like you just know that they're not doing anything productive if anything doing things to hurt themselves, like but you want them to get better, like and he just continuously turning you down. Um, but he says he wanna or try, let's run up, go to the Olympics. He want to go to the Olympics, but he's not doing anything to help himself. Then what? I'm going to add some food and some spice to, okay. to not for him, but on your part. Okay. I've seen people succeed and let's just take football and go to the NFL, right? And I had not seen them in fresh work one time or, or watch film one time, you know? Uh, I've seen that happen and I've seen them play significant reps in the NFL, okay? without doing anything that like someone else that would need that yeah. you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so i think that's interesting i think like you know if somebody if somebody's like it's, it's like it's like you said like if that dude is grinding to to barely make those times that's the best he's got you know maybe you know like maybe he, his style isn't just going after practice and doing the running maybe yeah. maybe he yeah. comes back at night and does it maybe he doesn't do it at all right it's, it's just like it's it's, fun. it's weird to me sometimes because like how some people need that crazy amount of extra work to get better, but some dudes just kind of just natural. go with the motions yeah, and they're natural. just amazing at it. 
you know mm-hmm. that doesn't mean like you know everybody that's that's out there and watching this is like you know oh i'm just gonna not do anything <laughs> and then see how that goes i think you err on the side of trying really hard yeah. right? i will say nine out of ten people you're not built like that Get agree. Extra work. Totally yeah. agree okay so then i have a question as a, as a woman then so do y'all feel like others manhood is not necessarily your responsibility, but do you feel like as a man, it is your responsibility to challenge the people around you, the other men around you to rise to the occasion? And if you see them, like, do you feel like that is part of your responsibility as a man is to bring along the men that are surround you? I think if you see someone that like, you know, like I, I look at, I look at like, I played with countless teammates that I, I hold in really high regard, right? I'll take Cam Lewis, for example, he's on the Bills right now. That dude is a animal. That guy, I he, I've never seen play with somebody as tough as he is. Not even close. It's not even close, mm-hmm. right? And like to see that as someone who hasn't really played, you know, like I want to be known as the guy that's like, you know, I'll I'll have an infected forearm and it's broken, and I'll still play in the match championship, even though they told me that it may they may amputate it, which is a true story, which happened to Cam. Like the dude could have had his arm amputated, but kept playing psychopath you know what i'm saying and i'm like i want to be known as that like i'll like i'll you know i'll play without a face or something you know what i'm saying <laughs> like like i'll be blind and just See, like all right let's do this you know like that's cool to me i mean that's just me like i, I like like seeing someone do that right and look like pain and suffering in the eye and like just spit in its face you know that's cool but to somebody else maybe the, the dude that like that rejects poor coach poor coaching you know, and that may be viewed as disrespectful by some people, right? But in, in others, he's he's just voicing his opinion. You know, mm-hmm. so I think there's a different stimulus for different people. Like, exactly. if, you know, if if, if like you know, like some people like the guy that's quiet that works really hard and succeeds. Some people like the dude that's gonna you know challenge anybody on the team to a fight if they don't you know if they don't touch the line on a sprint. You but if you saying? see somebody being a trash man, like just in life, they're being a trash man. Is it you as a man? Is it your? Do you feel any responsibility to pull this person along? Yes. Or because okay. it's my it's, it's my society. You know, you know I'm not, I'm not gonna let some dude you know walk around you know like 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 if if he's looking at little kids, I'm gonna be like, yo, what's going on? What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta take that. Even if you're not that guy, even if you're not the guy that's that confrontational, you have a responsibility to people to make sure that they're good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't you can't let let stuff like that slide. And I I, I hold that to racism, I hold that to to, to stereotypes, everything. everything. You see that shite, you stop it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I definitely feel like we're supposed to bring people along just if we know they can get better and they're not giving their absolute best in life, then push them towards it. No, I think that's that's just the I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe because I have been playing football forever and we always hold each other accountable. But just push push people to their best. Like, get get it out of them because you know it's there, but they might not know it's there, and you can tell they're not giving their best. Another great life lesson learned from sport. I think that's a good place to end. So this is always meant to be the the start of a conversation. So I feel like that's a good place for us to stop for this episode. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>